hopefully we work this time. And we're back. Maybe. And just like that, it's time for another episode of Parababble. If you say so. What do you mean if I say so? <laughs> well, I know what we're talking about. You don't know what we're talking about? I said I do know what we're talking about. Oh, that's why you're like, whatever. Yeah. Wasn't this your idea? It was my idea. It seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> yep. So here it is. This great episode is going to be jam-packed of awesomeness and cool things no one's ever heard of before. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, uh, yeah, they've probably never heard of it before, unless you live in Ohio. Or Connecticut. Yeah. Or Michigan. Maybe. But some reason, just those places. Nowhere else. Ohio is the hotbed. It is. Ohio is the hotbed for a lot of things. Yeah. So on tonight's episode of Parababble, yeah. my my good buddy Rob, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about... The Kirtland Melonheads. Oh my gosh. I have to giggle just when you say it, because mm-hmm. it's so ridiculous. Well, it kind of reminded me when I first heard about it, like of the Loveland Frogs. Okay. The giant humanoid frogs. Yep. Also in Ohio, ironically Also enough. in Ohio. I randomly saw a TikTok today, and there was this person not from the United States asking everybody from the United States why we hate Ohio so much. Mm. But I feel like it's just because Ohio has a lot going on. They, they may realize this if they listen to this episode. They're like the crypto capital. The weird crypto, and that's a lot because crypto is already weird. It is, it is, but for some reason they seem to have everything there. Yeah. Including the Kirkland Melonheads. The Kirkland, Kirtland Melonheads. Yes, yes with a T. Mm-hmm. Kirtland. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So, how did you come across this topic I to begin with? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I saw them. I was probably looking up weird shit, as I do. And it popped up and it showed like a little picture of them. And you were like, oh, that seems like it would be a great episode of Parababble. I saw that. I was like, yeah. I was like, that's Parababble right there. Right. It's got it written all Mm -hmm. over it. Why not? Right over their giant foreheads. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I always love these kind of episodes because when I have no idea what I'm researching, and then the first time that I go to start Googling and those images pop up and I just kind of like facepalm. And I'm like, this is what this is going to (laughs) be. Yep. All right. So we're going to talk about these things. Yeah, the Kirtland Melonheads. Yes. So um, as we said, they're in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Mainly. Mainly. Mainly Ohio. Yes. For some reason, there's like a variation of the story that also comes out of Michigan and also out of Connecticut. Slight I, variations to the story in uh, both those places. Yeah, I found like six variations on the story until my notes crashed and I lost them all. Yeah. It was the, it was the melon heads. It may have been the melon heads. They, they already used, knew. They used their melon head psychic powers to <laughs> they eradicate their, my notes on my phone. They used their big, huge brains Yeah, <laughs> to tepa- telepathically get into your phone and delete your notes. Yeah, I mean, that's not nothing that I saw that they were capable of doing, but... I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them either. They do like to attack, especially on Mm -hmm. full moons and, you know, right around Halloween for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's why mine are safe, because I'm still using old school Mm -hmm. notebook. I'm still still Hans Holzering it. Yeah, until the melon heads, like, steal your notebook. Well, they could try. As long as you don't go to Ohio in the woods near Kirtland, (laughs) you should be okay. Yeah. Well, for the most part. Or Michigan or Connecticut. Yeah. So, 
when I started looking into this, my first reaction when I saw pictures of it was maybe those are aliens because they kind of reminded me of the greys. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That everybody always talks about. Mm -hmm. And I found it also to be interesting that I feel like I've seen that particular thing before in like a lot of like 50s and 60s sci-fi movies. Like the creatures always kind of look like that. Yeah. So it made me like, okay, so what's the real deal with this? Dr. Crow. Yeah, Dr. Crow, sometimes with an E, sometimes not with an E. Yep. I mean, that's where it all Mm -hmm. starts. Sometimes. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly it starts with Dr. Crow or Crow-O-E. Yeah. So I came across like two variations of that story. Okay. And I want to see what you got because I found like six. Okay. So the first one um, is that Dr. Crow was a mad scientist. Yes. And he had orphans come to his house where he did experiments and procedures which caused like their brains to swell and deformity of their heads. And they got so sick of everything that was happening that they rose up and they burned his house down, killing him and his wife, and then they retreated and lived in the woods. Yes. So that's story A. Where they still roam today. Where they still can be found. Mm-hmm. Yes. Story B that I came across was that the government was experimenting on children. Yes. And Dr. Crow was a caring, you know, person who felt bad for what was happening to the children. So... The children escaped and showed up at his house in the middle of the night where he protected them and gave them a loving home until he died of natural causes. But the coincidental thing is that his house still burns down and they still go and live in the woods. Hmm. So, yeah. I found several other variations. The one that I remember off the top of my head was that it starts the same way. They, they, um, they adopted... All these children that weren't being experimented on by the government, but they had some sort of disease that expect, uh, affected their spinal fluid, which made their heads large. Mm-hmm. Hydrocephalies. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the word I didn't know that was in my notes that don't exist anymore. <laughs> so they, uh, Mr. Crow and Mrs. Crow, no, Dr. Crow and Mrs. Crow adopted them and took very good care of them. But the townsfolk in Kirtland started making fun of them and they dubbed the term melon heads to refer to them so the children grew really attached to mrs crow because she was very protective of them and she sheltered them from like the townsfolk that were making fun of them and calling them melon heads and whatnot and one day mrs crow died of natural causes and the melon heads were like distraught and they freaked out and dr crow tried to like calm them down but he couldn't and in their fit of rage and freaking out over her death they knocked over some kerosene or something and burned his house down along with him and themselves, actually, in this story. And so now the melon heads that you see out in Ohio are ghosts of melon heads, which is kind of a little more terrifying. Yeah, definitely. And I find it interesting that all the stories kind of at least have that same common idea that somehow the house got burnt down and that was like the end of everything. Yeah. I did come across some information that you can still see the burnt-up shack of Dr. Crow if you go out into the woods. Um, But one of the weird variations to the story that I came across, too, is that they were actually cannibals. 
and they attack humans like people just regular people Mm -hmm. and that's how they've been surviving in the woods all this time which was also very weird sounds like a horror movie yes um and you know they're so there's i guess an actual dr crow who was a dentist in the town in like the 1940s yeah but there's no actual like evidence that any of this actually took place with these kids or that they were ever actually seen in real life and that he had any kind of association with anything like that mm-hmm. he was like a dentist in the 1940s yeah but some is... of the stories are from before that some of the stories are from a little after that yeah you so gotta wonder why his name got caught up in it yeah and like what's the deal with his house yeah, does he live in the middle of the woods for real? Right? So it's total folklore, like urban legend yeah. in this town in Ohio. Because, you know, the kids are still like going into the woods and going on, I think it's Wisner Road. Yeah. Where they can familiar. like see mm-hmm. these things supposedly. And, you know, they like double dog dare each other to get out of the car and run through the woods. But there have been, like, some actual sightings, too. Yeah, I found a bunch, too. So people have reported Mm -hmm. on this street seeing, like, eyes peering through the darkness. They hear the screams of children in the woods. Yeah, I read... Shadows behind trees. I read one thing that said, you know, if you go walking through those woods, like, you're always going to see a mutilated corpse of an animal somewhere. Because apparently that's what they eat, too, sometimes, besides humans. I don't know why every woods always has, like, those kinds of stories, too. It's probably because there's, like, other wild animals that live in the woods that probably eat yeah, <laughs> other animals. It could be. <laughs> Might not necessarily be melon heads, specifically. So, I think the weirdest thing for me was that when I started looking into this, then I saw similar stories in Connecticut and Michigan, which is odd because, like, those states are not even no, near not. each other. Mm-mm. So... Like, how does that even happen? No, I didn't see those. Were they, like, the same story, or are they just, like, a whole new batch of melon heads? So in Connecticut, the story is that they were, like, escaped people from, like, a insane mm-hmm. asylum, where they had also been, like, tortured and had experiments done. And they, like, escaped and are, like, wreaking havoc through the town and, like, killing people. Mm. Um, I think someone would hear about that. Yeah. But then Michigan had a very similar story to what was in Ohio. Not with Dr. Crow, but just in general. So there's also, in Connecticut, I believe it was Connecticut, they still think that they're actually, like, living. Like, they're, like, breeding and living, and Michigan was very much the ghost scenario, too. So it's kind of weird how there's, like, those three states, only those Mm -hmm. three states, they all have a similar story. They all describe these things to be exactly the same. But they're all over the place. Because sometimes the melon heads are ghosts. Sometimes they're like murderous cannibals. And other times they're docile and just hide in the woods and eat critters. Like, I really wonder if there was like, I don't know, somebody saw an alien. I don't know. And the myth of the legend just like continued to grow from there. It had to start somewhere. It's weird how it's so specific about how they look. Yeah, or maybe somebody saw somebody with like uh, some sort of physical deformity. That's more likely what happens. Well, probably. 
but it has not taken mm-hmm. off well. I mean, there's like T-shirts and bumper stickers. <laughs> and like they got to put Kirtland on the map somehow. Right? With like the melon heads on them. Yeah. And like that's what the area is known for, which is a little crazy. I mean, it's got some other paranormal stuff happening too, which is always interesting, you know, when you have multiple different kinds of phenomenon happening in the same area. As we've seen before. Mm-hmm. But not... Like, a lot of other stuff that you think could be mistaken for this. Like, it's not, like, a lot of UFO activity. No, like, famous cases like that. No. I, I mean... Just the, kept coming across different variations of the Dr. Crow story. Yeah. It's kind of like the Pigman Road story around here that we did a few right. episodes back. It kind of made me think of that, too, mm-hmm. or, like, the Delaware Road story. Yeah. How it's, like, you know, that one strip of area where everybody claims to see stuff. I mean, I think... There's a certain amount of matrixing that probably goes on in those situations. You know, you're going out to try to intentionally see something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at shadows and wooded areas. So it's possible. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I tried looking up evidence of these just to see, like, what kind of fake crap people put out there. And there wasn't even anything good that was fake. No. And a lot of the illustrations really looked like little kids with the actual condition hydrocephalies so Mm -hmm. it didn't like they weren't they had no other characteristics that weren't not humanoid yeah i I was expecting something more interesting after seeing just the pictures (laughs) and the word melon heads (laughs) it was a big letdown for you it was a huge letdown (laughs) disappointed me melon heads (laughs) well how do you know unless you research those things right so you know but the fact that People are still going out trying to find him and getting scared. Keeps the legend alive, at least. Yeah, but you I know? mean, they're not ranking up there with, like, the Jersey Devil or Bigfoot, by any means. Or the Mothman. I knew you were going to find a way to bring it in. I got to. Yeah, We're talking about the melon heads. So, just in case you do want to go out and look for some melon heads, okay. there are some things you should definitely be aware of. Mm-hmm. They come out at night. Mostly on the nights of full moons, which I really thought was interesting because that's like the brightest night. And you would think that that wouldn't be the night that they came out. But on full moons, Hmm. uh, they attack anyone that they come into contact with, but they don't have very good eyesight. So this information said that you should wear black or red or dark green or dark blue. Don't wear anything that's bright and don't wear white. Because if you wear a bright color, you wear white, they can easily see you with their bad eyesight. But if you wear a dark color, it's harder for them. And they'll pass by you. So, (laughs) otherwise, they'll, what, see you and try to attack you and kill you and eat you? Yes. Well, here's a better bit of advice then, if that's the fact. (laughs) Don't go looking for them at all. (laughs) But they don't eat everybody in every state. Or in every story or every version of the story. Yeah. Only certain ones. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, it wasn't scary enough to just say there's like these weird, strange kids that live in the woods. It was like, nope, now they got to eat people too. Yeah. I mean, I think, (laughs) I think those wrong turn movies, they could like say based on a true story now. Because this is what it sounded like. Yep. Were those deformed cannibals in the woods? I mean, there's been stories about stuff like 
that for ages. You know, people living in the woods that... That's got to be... There's got to be at least one real case of that. You think so? Yeah. Like the deformed people... cannibals in the woods? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I believe that more than melonheads. Really? Yeah. In this day and age, yep. like, you still think that that's a real possibility? Yeah, more than melonheads, like I said. Yeah. That there could be, like, a clan of people living in, like, the mountains somewhere? Well, maybe not necessarily, like, a full clan, but maybe, like, one individual. Like, think about, like, up in the woods and, like... Well, that would just be a serial killer then, wouldn't it? Like the Canadian wilderness, maybe. I feel like that would just... That's the makings of a serial killer story. That's interesting. I think it would have to be, like, a group of people living together as, like, a community. A community of cannibals? Mm Mm-hmm. If you or anybody you know (laughs) is part of a group of hillbilly cannibals in the woods... Have them write to us at Parababble on like, Facebook. Twitter. If anyone's gone missing on the night of a full moon because mm-hmm. they were out walking down Wisner Street and mm-hmm. had a bright shirt on, let us know. Yeah. Because... We're curious. We need to know more about this. Because right now it's just a bunch of crap. Would you go down the street on a full moon? Yeah, I would. Of course you would. Yeah. Would you wear, like, a fluorescent yellow shirt? I would wear, like, a (laughs) glow-in-the-dark rainbow fluorescent shirt. I mean, even if they came out to attack you, could they be that difficult to fight off? They're, like, child size. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. None of them said they were, like, superhuman strength. No, and they don't have, like, claws or You just go like this to their head, like, and they just fall over. I don't know. Like, because they just look like little kids with big heads. They don't have any other, like, strange supernatural characteristics. Yeah, they're so top-heavy, you just clunk them in the head. Oh, that is so inappropriate. They just, <laughs> they just fall down. <laughs> fall down the hill in the woods. That's it. They're done. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's like a cartoon. How come they never age, either? Why are they always, like, still children? I don't know, because they go back to, like, the 40s. Unless they are a group of cannibals that keep going on as generation after generation. But then somebody would have seen one, like, as an adult. Yeah, they're all hiding in the woods still. I mean, I don't think that if you have that kind of condition, you can live very long. No. Without some kind of, like, medical intervention. So it would have made sense if the story had any kind of validity that they didn't get past being children. I think we're poking too many holes in this melon heads thing. <laughs> Does it make you want to eat some watermelon? No. <laughs> Wasn't there a candy called melon heads or yes, something? Yes, there like still that? is. That was one yeah. of the things that came up when I initially looked at this and I was like, oh my God, I can't. I was like, I know, I know there was airheads, but that would kind of be like the opposite, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. You gotta love the mm-hmm. urban the urban folklore, right? Yeah, it's always something. Great, a great concept. Poor execution, Melonheads. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Still a good story that evidently scares kids while they're in high school. You think that's like a, a thing that they do in Kirtland High School? Like the seniors? Oh, I'm sure. Like, like a hazing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they probably take like, like the youngest ones out there and like leave them on the road. Sacrifice them to the Melonheads. Make them go and run into the woods. Yep. <laughs> Sounds terrible. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) 
So um, after this, how are you feeling about topics like the, I don't know, public monster and other things that are on our list of stuff to discuss? I think we could just group them all together, probably. <laughs> we can cover them all right now if you want. <laughs> Do you think the uh, Do you think the Loveland frogs ever ran into the uh, Kirtland Melonheads? They're in I the same state. They're really in the same area. Yeah, they, I think they were in Ohio, right? The Loveland frogs. I'm pretty sure they were, but like in the same part. I don't know. Is there another Devil's Triangle there that we don't know about? I don't know what kind of devil that is, but <laughs> Let's see, Loveland, Ohio. How far away is it from Kirtland? I am curious. I know Ohio is pretty big, but. Watch it be like right next door. This will be another parabubble discovery. It's like, oh yeah, we got to put these up on the map. No, it's four and a half hours away. All right, so that's a, that's a respective enough area that they probably haven't run into each other. Kirtland's like right outside of Cleveland, like maybe forty-five minutes outside of Cleveland. Ohio's like. got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, they it's... got like that Gates to Hell outside of Cleveland too. They we got were... all kinds of cryptos. We were close to Kirtland at one point, you know. Really? It's it's not too far from Madison. Oh, that's Madison, weird. Ohio. Yeah, Madison Seminary that we've investigated that one time. Maybe that's where the children noises came from. Maybe the melon heads had come to visit. Maybe it's it's not that far really. So what are you saying? We need to go back there again and then cruise down the street? It looks like it's like a half hour down the highway. I mean, I wonder what people from there really like, if they pay this any mind, or they think it's just, like... I think they probably think of it the same way we think of, like, the Pigman Road. But, you know, don't you think that at some point there was some truth to what that whole scenario was at Pigman Road? Right? Because how does the legend get born? Well, there was that train wreck. Something's got to happen. Which is weird, though, so I don't know how you connect the dots from the right, train wreck the train to wreck the Right, the train wreck and the butcher running around with a knife. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really make any sense. No. Someone probably saw some deformed kid one time in Ohio. and. But you know how, like, if you go out to Angola and you talk to people about that, there are people that will tell you that they've seen stuff, they've heard stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I really could not find any, like, first-person, you know, descriptions or encounters. Of the pigman or melon heads? Melon heads. I found some. Can we read some? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> are they going to be... I don't know. I haven't read all of these, so... I don't know how good they're going to be. So we're discovering this together? Yes. Along with our listeners and for the all first time? of our thousands and millions of listeners. <laughs> I've already turned this episode off because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's awful. We figured it out in the first five minutes. I hate it when that happens. It's one of those episodes. <laughs> yeah. So there's a bunch of them on here on weirdus.com. <laughs> Let's see. Animal corpses. That's what the, the name of this sighting is seen. This is from... Rich Glear. He sounds legit already. Mm-hmm. I live in East Lake, Ohio, not far from Kirtland. I've heard many stories and have seen many things in the woods of Kirtland. I've seen the burnt shack of Dr. Crow and saw the chain that the melon heads hung his dead corpse from. That's a new twist of the story. Wow. Violent. Mm-hmm. I can say as one person that the melon heads are in fact real. Close by Kirtland, there's a small castle for picnics and barbecues and miles of hiking trails. When you walk down these trails, you can see some mutilated animals in the deep parts of the woods. I've been hiking back in the woods for as long as I can remember. Not one time while strolling have I not seen small dead animals and mutilated corpses and bones. But not an actual melon head. No, I guess not. (laughs) 
But he saw the chains that they, they strung the corpse mm. of the dude up from, which... Interesting that that would still be there. Did he? Did he think they strung the corpse up before or after they burned the house down? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds totally believable. Do we want to hear another one? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we got nothing else. Why not? Local authorities deny existence of melon heads. This is from Paul I. This is a long one. At Wicklife High School in the mid-60s, we heard a different version of the Melonhead story. Some kids were driving around one day and saw Melonhead watching them from the side of a country road. They stopped and the Melonhead ran into the woods. They followed deep into the woods and came to an old farmhouse. On the porch sat a middle-aged couple and several Melonheads. The kids asked what was going on and the man explained that he had been a nuclear scientist during World War II. After the war, he married, and the ex- but the exposure to radiation caused all of his children to be born as melonheads. The government gave him a lot of money to keep quiet and brought this secluded farmhouse where they could live out their lives away from prying eyes. He asked the kids to tell no one what they had seen and never to return. Someone told this story at a party in the summer of 1964. Someone else thought they knew where the melonheads lived, so we all crammed in the cars and headed out to find them. We got stopped by the police in White Hill, or Wait Hill. When they found out where we were going, they gave us a stern lecture that there were no such things, and that we shouldn't tell all of our friends, or that we should tell all of our friends that there were no melonheads. We were taken to the police station, where we had to call our parents to come and get us. We all agreed that the police were so intense in trying to convince us that there were no melonheads, that there had to be melonheads. <laughs> if not, why were the police so upset that we were looking for them? Valid points. That's probably the most believable explanation for all of this that we've heard thus far. But it's it still is. it's still weird. It's the most grounded in reality anyway. I mean, I guess so. But you're going to like go and chase mm-hmm. some strange looking thing into the woods and then you're going to like come across a house and this man's just going to tell you all this stuff. It's the 60s. That kind of thing happened. <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> it sounds like something that would happen in the 60s. <laughs> I love how the cops were so like, no, there is no such thing. Wink, mm-hmm. wink. One more? <laughs> sure. Let's round it out. This one's more recent. 2001. Oh. From okay. Tony. My name is Tony, and I recently had an experience with the Melonheads. It was on October 5th, 2001. My stepfather, mother, stepbrother, and me were driving down in Chilcoth Road in Chardon. We have been driving up and down roads in the same area for almost an hour with no luck. We were just about to go home when we came up on the stretch of road that had fields on both sides and an irrigation ditch running parallel along each side of the road. Just then, I looked out my window and I saw him. A melon head! He or it was running along next to the ditch. Since the ditch was too wide to jump over, it was coming close, like it was about to jump and pulling away. At the time, we were going about 45 to 50 miles per hour. The melon head was actually keeping up with us. Wow, that's some. Uh, that's a different spin on things too. It seems to be the theme of the melon heads here. Um, so it didn't look like anything I've heard of in the stories. He looked about the same height as me, about five seven. Was wearing brown pants, which were very ripped up, and where the seams would be, it was held together by what looked like corn husk. It wore a white shirt with brown and red stains all over it, hoping that the red stains weren't blood. Its head was very light brown tint. 
It had two holes in the sides of its head, which we think were the ears. Its head was swelled up and its eyes were very big looking. Just as we turned the curve, I jumped into the woods. That is my story of the melonheads. Tony. Hmm. Like a scarecrow came to life. Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. (laughs) (laughs) So we're on the uh, scale of one to ten. So like one being like the Mothman, your favorite cryptoid of like all times. Ten being like you could give or take it and never talk about it again. Where do the melon heads fall for you? Ten. (laughs) (laughs) Enough said. Let's never speak of this again. Yeah, I think so. I think we're, we're good on this one then, huh? I, I think so, too. Yeah, we better play that outgoing theme song music now. Because that's awful. <laughs> well, you knew it was probably going to be like that, right? I mean, once I started doing the research, yeah. I, I, <clears throat> yeah, me I too. Saw it, I saw it coming. Email us at parabolicpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at Parababble. Let us know what you think about the melonheads. 